Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Love the 80s? Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. Vassos Alexander. He's the award-winning actor you adored as the Doctor and marvelled at his Malcolm Tucker. Now prepare to distrust him in a new thriller series criminal record on apple tv plus which proves once again that you're never gonna beat a peter capaldi all right pizza uh, nice to see you and it's capaldi <laughs> capaldi can you just just to your left all and right. get a bit more behind the mic is that better Great. thank you sorry so much. i'm an amateur no you're not, not. You're not. just lean in a little bit if you don't mind okay hello so, so criminal record i watched two episodes last night Right. Well, thank you very much. No, you worked. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, by the way, what kind of job is it when you have to watch great telly with great people in it, scaring the bejesus out of you on a Thursday <laughs> night? So there's one rebellious but brilliant young cop in it. There's a rather clever, um, really super intelligent, bad older cop in it. And there's another cop sort of in between the two. Is that about right? Am I, that's about it. Am I on yeah, the money that's there? That's how it works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, do, you, do you want to frame it in a bit yeah. more detail? Well, what happens is an emergency call comes in with a piece of information that yes. suggests that somebody might have been put away for something they may or may not have done, but they confessed it's a murder. Uh, and this kind of fires up this young cop played by the fantastic Kush Jumbo, uh, who tracks down the officer who made the original conviction who is me, a grizzled, older cop uh, on the edge of retirement. Uh, and it's a really bad idea for her to come around and start digging into my past because I, yeah. I don't like it. You don't like it at no. all. And uh, the, first, the first few scenes is your character fulfilling the role of a chauffeur. Yeah. Well, that was a strange thing. It may have happened to you. Um, where that came from yeah. was I was being driven to the BAFTAs one night right. in a very glamorous fashion. Uh-huh. And I fell into conversation, as I often do, with the driver. Yeah. Uh, and the driver eventually revealed to me, because I could tell he was clearly not full-time driver, he was a, a detective. Currently? Yeah, that's what he... Yeah, yeah. Well, I... I um, he was um, a pa- I don't want to give get no, anyone. No, into, I don't want to give anyone into I, get I, anyone I, into trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and I discovered as a, as uh, with other award ceremonies that I went to that it's quite common for your driver to be a detective, not just like a copper on, on on the beat, yeah, but a detective because they're also acting as security, yeah, uh, and of course. They like to tell you stories because you're try- you you impress them with your little showbiz mm. stories. Well, they they start to impress you with their horror stories yeah. about what happened on this street or yeah. what happened. But he sort of told us a story uh, that connected to a a real 
genuine uh, case yeah. uh, and told us some facts about that. And I thought, God, that's a brilliant start for a show. Right. It's having so the, it was your idea, that bit? No, it was an experience I had. It wasn't my idea. It was a, it was a factual thing that we just stuck in at the start because it was good. Because it starts off and straight away, I suppose, I don't know, you know, because you, you do this stuff as a viewer. I mean, oh, they've got me guessing straight away. I suppose that is the whole thing of, of these... Mis- it's not necessarily a murder yeah. mystery. It's a mystery, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's a cop mystery. Um, straight away, I'm thinking, why is, why is he really a cop, uh-huh. right? If he is a cop, is he an ex-cop? Um, why is he driving? Is he undercover? Am I supposed to think all those things? Yeah. Because I, mean, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, was in the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, things will be made clear. I mean, one of the great things about crime drama yeah. is that, it, you know, you can delve into the psyche and into darker parts of the psyche, but actually it's still got to be a show. It's still got to have a SWAT team in it, has, yeah. and a helicopter yeah. and guns and all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Fight scenes. All of that stuff. One of my most fun bits of acting in it was when I got to cross the... You know the police have the ribbon that says, do not cross? Yeah, yeah. So I walked on and lifted that. Of course you did, yeah. That's so cool. With oh, a cup of coffee. So, so you're, you're, <laughs> how do we get this across? Because, again, it's all about spoilers, isn't it? This is an Apple TV Plus show. You've been all around the world promoting this show. Are we towards the end of your promo tour? Oh, no. Where do we, we sit in it? In uh, we're just in nearly, it? Well, we just came back from New York last night. We did it because because the world has changed so much. I mean, in the old days, you know, you know, I'm an actor of a certain vintage. So in the old <laughs> days, you'd do a show for the BBC. Yes. And if you were lucky, it might get sold to Australia yes. or maybe Hong Kong uh-huh. or whatever. And that would happen over a period of six months, maybe a year, whatever. And you get a check for £2.20 in two years' time for a repeat. Nowadays, you do a show for Apple. They press a button, uh, and it's on in 130 stories, 130 um, countries. Yeah, 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 in one go, which happened yesterday. Right. So suddenly, bang! It's out there. Uh, so we were in New York uh, all, all this week, kind of sort of selling it there and, right. and doing lots of international stuff. Uh, and so uh, I'm being very glamorous and kind of jet lagged this morning. But this isn't what my life is normally like. <laughs> it isn't. Is it getting more like that or less like that? Um, I, it's. Uh, uh, I can't really tell because I'm in a sort of giddy, dizzy stage. Right. Uh, where uh, uh, I really just want to go to bed. Oh, I'm it's so, lovely I'm sorry. to see you. I'm sorry. No, I know. I got that. I thought that, and I thought because I, I don't really mind whether people come on the show or not. And people say to me, "Oh, they can't make it. Or they can make it, or they don't want to do your show." I go, "Fine, I don't mind. I don't want them to come if they don't want to come." Or if yeah. it's like, honestly, Pete, I love you to death, but you can go to, to home home now if you want no, to. No, I will. Af- I will after this. But, but no, you're lovely. <laughs> it's lovely to be on the show. You're well, you're one of the people you go. Actually, I would love to do that show because you have such a friendly atmosphere. Oh, and it's good. so warm. And it's such a great show. Okay, let's let's try and keep that theme going then, yeah. shall we? Uh, my next question might threatens that. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Because you are so scary in it. You, you know, your face is an extremely scary face. It's also very kind, your face as well. You have... But do you find that... <laughs> people laughing that... No, it's true, though. You scared... We all said it this morning. said, he's so scary, he's right? so scary, wow. Um, I don't know where that comes do from. Do you ever scare... You look in the mirror do sometimes. Do I scare myself? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. No, no, I scare myself professionally sometimes. Sometimes I see myself acting and go, how does that guy get a job? How is he still working? Um, but something seemed to happen to me. I mean, I used to be, when I started out when I was younger, I was a kind of amiable, kind of gentle comedy guy, a kind of, you know, a geeky kind of youngster and whatever. And then something happened. I remember I was doing a voiceover. I don't know if I'm allowed to.
allowed to say, can I mention a product? Anything you like. I was doing, I used to do voiceovers for Anchor Butter, which were quite friendly Would you and like cheerful. to recreate that moment? I can't remember magic, what yeah. it was I said, but I remember I went into that session, which turned out to be my last session, because I did, I delivered the, the line, whatever it was, Anchor Butter feels like home, or whatever it is. And the guy said to me, could you be a little less sinister? And I thought, oh, my, my, my voice, I've moved into a sinister This is me zone. on a good day. I know I'm being cheerful. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's just you get a kind of, you get older and more things happen in your life and you get um, exposed to bad things as well as good things. Uh, and sometimes that that colours your face. But it's all acting. I mean, it's all pretend. No, basically. I know, I know. But you, you do have the sort of, you have the raw materials more than most, don't you? I don't know. Chris, oh, my God, honestly. Peter, I'm not joking. Mm. I am not joking. Because you, your character, what's his name again, DSI? Hegarty. Hegarty, yeah. yeah. So, so Scary name. Scary, <laughs> Hegarty, <laughs> scary names. But... You saw, he's sort of a bit likeable, which I suppose is the deal, isn't it? You know, you think, hang on, he's, he, am I misunderstanding him? Is he misunderstood? Has he done anything wrong? I think that's one of the things about, you know, crime shows, which we were saying about SWAT teams and helicopters and guns and all that stuff. You have to sort of keep the audience guessing. Yeah, yeah. So you have to throw a veil really over what oh, you geez. want to you know a lot of those other parts I played like Doctor Who or Markham Tucker stuff they're really out there you yeah. know they really tell the audience what the audience needs to yeah, know yeah, yeah. this guy's hidden yeah. you know and that's part, that's part of his mechanical role in the telling of the story yeah, yeah. is to be somebody who you go it's the mystery of the characters as well as the mystery of the story isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. and you and great thing about I suppose this is why when you, you can watch some really good stuff you can watch it two three four you can watch a hundred times really good stuff because you can pick which part of the puzzle you're going to play with next on the rewatch yeah so, yeah, yeah, so do you pick apart the characters a character the story the whole time this yeah, yeah, in yeah, question yeah, yeah. yeah and also you know london is such a fabulous location yeah for shooting crime things i mean it's this great sort of bubbling cauldron now you've got to just look out the window here and look at the, what a fabulous view we have here you know of the city and what's going on down what's there. going on you know That's there the are thing. a thousand stories in the naked city yeah this is one well of from them. this time because we're on the 17th floor yeah. it looks like london's closed because yeah. it's just so far away from it it's like when you're on the pacific coast highway and it'd be driving up north from la to san francisco the waves are 30 feet high but you're so high up yeah. they look like little ripples and you can't hear them yeah yeah, yeah. But I used to love all those London movies like uh, The Long Good Friday, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and Mona Lisa, yeah. which is a fabulous uh, London crime movie yeah. with Kathy Tyson in it, who is in our show. I was so thrilled when she yeah, agreed yeah, to yeah. be in our show because, you know, Mona Lisa had been one of the inspirations for it. Well, we haven't so far said anything about the about the plot or the story. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you've, 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 you're sort of match fit with this. How um, much do you want to say and how much do you don't want to say? Criminal Record, episode one and two out now. New episodes released every Wednesday on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a cat and mouse game between a grizzled older cop <laughs> and a, a young, fresh-faced rookie yeah. who seeks justice yeah. in a darkening world. So he may well, he may well have Anchor. bent the rules um, for the wrong reasons in the past. I but don't know. The, I can't tell you any of that. No, you no, no that's what I'm saying. He may, well, look, it wasn't a question, yeah. right? But they do have something in common. They because they have intel. They're both very, very intelligent. Yeah. There may be some kind of weird respect for each other as well, and also they they both rebels and they're both mavericks and they both bend the rules for different reasons in their own way. Yeah, they're not mavericks, and they're not buddies. 
Mavericks, they always say Maverick cops. They're not, you know, I don't like Maverick cops. Okay, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cop show called Maverick, wasn't there? <laughs> Is Maverick not a? Is that not a cowboy thing? I don't know. Why do you dislike the term Maverick so much? Because that's usually the description when someone says to you about a part. It's a great part. It's a Maverick cop. Oh, I and see. And you go, oh yeah. You mean you haven't? You've just copied all these other cops. Not for me. It's just the guy that drinks too much or oh, whatever. God, I feel bad now. It was going well. Don't wasn't feel it? bad. Oh, no, no, I feel bad. I feel bad. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. That's not me. You know that. Did that's you work with me. your wife on this show? My wife produced this show. She was the executive producer how does of this that, show. How, how does that well, feel? How does it pan out? How does it happen? How does it happen? Well, there is nothing. There's nothing. I'm, my wife has an idea, which is my wife uh, produced um, Vera and Shetland and, and shows like that. She was interested in why people make confessions and then retract them. Right which is uh, historically very interesting. And she wanted to do a show that was based on that premise. So she uh, uh, contacted Paul Rutman, who's a wonderful writer uh, that she worked with on, on Vera, and they started talking about it uh, and, and putting these ideas together. And as they put those ideas together, I could see there was a, a, a cop in there who looked quite interesting. Yeah. And I said, who are you thinking of? For the for the because <laughs> I, I might did be you actually do that? Did, no, well, come it was on. sort of more. Yeah, you know, it was, was more. Was it a tap on the shoulder? Were you looking at? Was she, did she have a script on the sofa? Or they were talking about it, and I sort of said, you know, I think uh, I, I might be quite good in, in, in that role. This is interesting. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm scared. I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm venturing into. The, <laughs> watch out for this question, Bassos. Do you think right that they set a trap for you to fall in, asking for the part? Yeah, of course. All right. So she of left, course. like, if you leave a book around that you want people to read, it was that kind of thing. Yes. Well, of course, w what I've just described, what happened is the showbiz version, as you know, <laughs> for the radio, because because we're on the radio and we have to deliver, we a have story. to compact and alter the truth <laughs> to make it more fun. Okay. <laughs> the, the truth was more long drawn out and less humorous. It's funny because the the truth about radio communication, because um, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of it's it's dependent. The beginnings of the episode one is very dependent on certain um, transactions of emergency calls to mm. to to nine 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 and what yeah. happens then. Now there's two things you can do here. Well, there's three nowadays, which is what we're going to get to. So you can dramatise what happens in those particular exchanges. Um, okay, that's one way of doing it. Then you could try and be gritty and, and dramatise or under-dramatise those exchanges to say, well, this is how it really is, but then it wouldn't be exciting enough. But actually, it seems to me like people have gone and done the rest of thing and know how are they? Because that's dramatic enough in the moment. They seem, I mean, I don't know, but they seem extremely real to me, Those, that, how that might be, how that might play out. You mean the emergency call scenario? The emergency call yeah. scenario and what yeah, happens, yeah. The, the responsibility yeah. and the yeah, yeah. protocol yeah. Of, and the practices yeah. of how those calls are received yeah. and then graded instantly in the moment from sentence to sentence yeah, yeah. obviously i mean the show is uh, we hope a responsible show right and and, and paul rutman uh, and and elaine uh, are very very responsible writers and producers and they have people obviously who are advising about how that process works yeah so everything like that is kind of based on truth that has to be that has to be the cornerstone of everything yeah. uh, otherwise it all falls to pieces but also when she asks for assistance a crime yeah. scene 
means and it's like oh my this sounds like this might be how it happens yeah it is it is because obviously there are police advisors that we have and all of that stuff and that's all changed hasn't it in the last few years that's all gone to a different level i think um i don't really know because i'm not a policeman no but you're a viewer I'm a viewer. It seems to be those seem they, they see, those situations seem to be portrayed now grittier and differently to how they were in the past. How did they? Why were they done in the past? Softer, just softer, or not? They didn't seem to be as. Well, um, I used to like when you had to, you had to dial. <laughs> not, that not was quite. suspense. Not Hello, get me Scotland Yard. I suppose it's about the long form having the time and the space to get into the detail of those things. Yeah, and also it's because, I mean, I, 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 Paul <laughs> is such a wonderful writer. He writes very cinematically. So what happens is you, he cuts through time. Ooh. You know, you may have, I mean, that, that whole thing that cuts we have in, time. in the first good. episode uh, where, about the emergency call, it happened the night before, but we're seeing her listening to it, but we're cutting back and forth to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was all in the script. That's all beautifully delineated in the script oh, and, and conceived beforehand. So, um, you know, I love the way that happens. But yes, all the technology helps tremendously. As Doctor Who helps you turn left uh, left, and left again, um, as you may not have planned if there ever was a plan to, and if there ever is really a plan to every, anybody's career, as opposed to reverse, yeah. conveniently reverse engineering for the sake of a decent biog, yeah. for example. Uh-huh. You know, um, will has this helped you? Because have you ever inhabited a role like this before? I don't think you no. have. No, this was totally new for me. Okay, so. in what way? What flavours are new? The flavour that was new was that he was hidden, that he had to be veiled, right. that he had to be... Uh, you couldn't, you know, we, 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 have, we had to have the sense that he was, you know, one of those... Uh, he, he was... Of all the characters in the show, he's actually the most film noirish. Yes. He's actually quite a classical character nice. you know uh yes it's very gritty it's very modern all that kind of stuff blah 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 blah. but actually he belongs to uh, an illustrious and dark past and i think he kind of belongs to london he's that kind of sort of um although obviously he, he's scottish and all that uh, he's just part of you know the great uh pile of people who have come here and become absorbed and loved london i mean part of the the, the layers of sediment that have built up <laughs> Where am I going You're with so this? You're so good. You're so good. I don't know good. where I'm going I with this. I love it when you jet lag. <laughs> it's great. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, what a show this morning. After Alan Cumming now, one of my all-time favourite actors. I love Peter Capaldi since The Crow Road, and I've longed for hair like his ever since, but I've never got it. Oh. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Well, that's uh, good. Fran says, I need to go to work, but I can't stop listening to this chat with Peter Capaldi. Too good. Happy weekend. That's probably till my last. Last but one question. Uh, John from Remington Spa. A few years ago, I was visiting the Doctor Who experience with my... Do you play Doctor Who? Did you, is that right? Have you been Doctor Who? I have, well, yeah. No way. Not in the Doctor... Uh, yeah, uh, the real Doctor Who, not a guy at the Doctor Who experience. Apparently, playing. number 12 is what I'm hearing. <laughs> you hate that, don't you? <laughs> I don't number them. That's what they do in America. Who uh, is a huge Doctor Who fan. While we were there, Peter Capaldi and his wife quietly sat down in the cafe and signed autographs and did selfies with fans. He's such a lovely, friendly bloke. And we all have huge respect for him. My daughter declared it the best day ever. Ah, oh, that's very sweet of them to say. It's cool, isn't it? How, where are you in your Whovian um, past? What do you mean? Where am I in my well, Whovian Well, because you know you you play Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's you couldn't be any hotter. The it, the heat tends to resonate for quite a while. Yeah. The afterburn. Um. It's nice. Out I of just, 10, where are you still, do you think? Uh, probably, I would say, seven. You're not allowed a seven. 
Well, people are just. Well, I don't know. I mean, so, um, people. Sometimes you you see you see people. Who, who, Lots of people come and talk to me about it, which is lovely. It's also a nice experience. And then I often see people who are a little bit scared to come and talk to me. Yeah. And, of course, you can't go, particularly if they're young, you can't go and say, would you like a selfie with yeah. the doctor or yeah. anything like that? Um, so it's a little, it's retreated a little, but it's nice. It's really, it's, it's a, you, you feel a little bit like Santa Claus uh, or Peter Pan or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know it's the same old material. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. Uh, <laughs> I'm not having it. I want original answers to my original my unoriginal oh, questions. <laughs> you're the wrong person for original stuff. <clears throat> no, I love it, and I'm really enjoying the show at the moment. I think it's great. I think Shooty's amazing. Uh, I think he's got such yeah vigor and excitement and love about him. It's such charisma. As a past doctor, I don't think you're ever yeah. colder than an eight as long as you're alive. You think? I don't think so. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Do you go to the comic cons and all that stuff? No, I haven't for a few years. Now. But they, they, do, what are they like? What is it like to? Is it is, is that like no other kind of sort of public appearance? It's strange, just because it's just full of people who who love you but don't know you, right? And I think it's I I, I find it a little weird because I'm brought up that when people talk to me, I I I feel as if I should talk to them for. You know, make a conversation Properly, with them, but there, there's a kind of minder saying, "We've got to move on. We've got yeah, to move yeah, on." Because yeah, yeah. there's like, you know, like, beep, a thousand people here or beep, something. Like that. So we've got to get, yeah. Right. I think the noise we need is kerching, kerching. I've I've heard some extraordinary stories about those uh, comic yeah. cons um, from a commercial point of view. Vassos. I we loved this. I watched this with my wife on Apple TV yesterday. Oh, we you. watched the first episode, and she she immediately from the first moment you were driving, she goes, oh, "I don't I don't trust him in this." <laughs> And then, and then, and then she heard me say on the air earlier that yeah, you're so. What's the, I mean, it's I suppose a bit sinister yeah. in this that when you say next time, do what your boss says and just e send an email. Yeah. I thought, or even even when he says that, you know, yeah. Peter Peter comes across as a bit scary. She goes, forget that. When he says this calls for a cup of tea. <laughs> no, it's true, by the way. It's true. It's, it's the most eerie this calls for a cup of What does that mean? Yeah. What do you mean, cup of tea? What yeah. kind of cup of tea is it? What, is it poisoned? Get... Is it purple? Is it builders? Well, could you get in touch with Anchor Butter and tell me that? <laughs> yeah. It seems like you were, you were revelling in this. I think I enjoyed playing it because um, it, it was... It was hard. It was something that I'm not used to doing. Working with Kush was amazing because we sort of, without discussing it, decided not to rehearse. So although oh, we knew, although we knew all of our lines, wow. we just sort of did it. Uh, so what you see in front of the cameras is sort of the first time us doing it with each other and seeing what the other one's going to do and stuff like that. And that, and we kept that going all the way through. So that gave it a certain kind of tang, a certain kind of. Is that unusual not to rehearse? Um. Uh, yeah, it is unusual. I mean, I have to say, I prefer not to rehearse because I'm not. You know, I, I always think if I if I find something when we're rehearsing, yeah. I'll never get it yeah, yeah, yeah. when we do it. So I'd rather just just you know work out where we're going to stand and stuff like that, and then just start shooting. Does that do the crew like that more? Because I would imagine it doesn't take as long. Oh no, it takes a long time because we keep going and going and going. All oh, right, I see, uh, I see. Oh. Um, I think it's just good to to keep to keep the energy there you know just to keep a thing alive uh rehearsing can can sort of drain all the energy out of yeah, something we don't, we're not fans of that <laughs> no no that's why we do radio 
That's what we do. Keep going yeah. for three and a half hours already. Seems longer, apparently, to listen safe sometimes. <laughs> most days. Um, Peter, thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. Criminal Record. Criminal Record, episode one and two. Out now, eight in all, I'm hearing. That's right. Okay. Yeah. New episode's released every Wednesday. It's really scary. Um, of course, it's mysterious, you know, and it's a criminal drama. But it's also scary. It's almost like a horror film. Oh, no, it's no, not. It's, it's sc- not a horror You don't it's know a... how scary you are in this. <laughs> Seriously, you have no idea. And you're getting scarier. I'm not getting scarier. Look at me. Look at the state of me. You could be... <laughs> I mean, you know, you could be anything you want, scary-wise. If anybody's so looking for a scary a scary mm. character... A scary granddad. In the world of... Well, anything you like. In the world of you know, cinema, whether it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the next Bond film, whatever that's going to be. What's the greatest whisper going on in the movie industry at the moment? Positive. What's the greatest positive interesting whisper going on in the in, in your world in the acting t- tv mega series cinematic production world that you shouldn't be telling us about uh that the bond film will be a period film <laughs> shut up no that's that's the only way they can do it no an the, origin film yeah an or, yeah an origin film yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's the whisper. you're gonna go backwards yeah if set were... it in the 60s yeah can you imagine a Bond film set in the 60s? Yeah, I know there are some. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. But because uh, the, no, the novels were 30s and 40s, weren't they? Were they really? Did you see that great documentary about Noel Coward? Neighbours with Ian Fleming in Jamaica. Yeah, time. Goldeneye. And that Noel Coward had been a spy. Yeah. Have you read Noel Coward's diaries? No, I haven't. Oh, my God, they're so good. Shaken, not stirred. They're so good. Because he was a paint, he was a big painter, wasn't he? I believe so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you're a big you're a sketcher and a musician and an actor. What a guy. Come on. Renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy I am. Uh, obviously you're really good at acting, that's how you put put uh, put food on the table. Um, if you could if if the genie I came am out a crust, I am a crust. If the ge- if the genie came out of the lamp, yeah. right, an artisan crust. Yeah. Yeah, a gale's crust. Maybe. Um, if the genie came out of the lamp, acting, musicianship or art, sketching that is, oh, it's all yeah. art, which, which would you choose? Gold, gold, silver, bronze? Or are you just grateful for what you are? So let's leave them in that order. I'm grateful for having been able to have a go at all of these things. Right. I don't you, you claim to be any okay, particularly okay. good at any Here we of go them. Then. It's just... If your music had to have a world title fight, your musicianship against your artistry, what, which would win? Uh, 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 uh... It's all me. <laughs> right. No, it is. You know, I just think. I mean, I came. Yeah, I went to art school, and the ethos when 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 I went there was you can kind of do anything. Right. Not that you're going to be trapped into this little cubby hole. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you, you, you know, and I, I don't claim to do any of these things particularly well. It's just I like doing them, and I have some little flair for some of them. And I've discovered that if you keep at things, if you keep showing up. You get a bit better. A bit better. Mm. That's cool, isn't it? Compound yeah. interest is massive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The compound interest. Yeah, yeah. People, people, uh, people overestimate what they can do in a day, but they underestimate what they can achieve in ten years. Yeah, keep coming back. Keep showing up. Well, I'll be here if you'll be here. You know where we live. Yeah. Can't get rid of us. No. Nope. Can't get rid of no, me. No. Keep it at it. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. That's great. Lovely to see nice you. Nice to see you. Lovely to be Off here. to bed now. Off to bed. Now, yes. <laughs> He's definitely going to bed straight away. All right, it's on the telly, Criminal Record. This is the Saffron, the Platinum. Forget the Golden Age of Telly, Criminal Record, episode one and two. Out now, new episodes released every Wednesday. Cheers, man. 
Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. And that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Come on, lady. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash UK. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All right, Vass, it's over to you. He's one of very few people who can say they made back-to-back films with Stanley Kubrick and the Spice Girls. He's been lighting up our stages and screens for over 30 years and next week lands in London with his new show, Alan Cumming is not acting his age. So please welcome the ever forthcoming, always becoming and currently incoming, Alan Cumming! All right, Alan! Hello. How are you? I'm coming. (laughs) You look very well, man. Do I? You do, honestly. Thanks. Now, we know nothing of your stand-up show or your your theatre show, your one-man show, your solo show, but we know everything about your TV show you're not really on to talk about your TV show ironically we've seen your TV show you haven't I know I, just, I can't believe you I've not seen it you have seen your theatre show we haven't well there we are we've got something in common it's, it's one all let's go for the decider Alan <laughs> what's going on tell us more about everything oh well you know uh, my show the Alan Cummings Not Acting His Age is on next uh, Monday and Tuesday at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane right and it's sort of like an old fashioned cabaret I have a band I sing songs I tell stories and it's all under the sort of umbrella theme of getting older and and uh, the, the pros and cons of that and just sort of something we all share. We're all getting older. And I talk about what I, how I feel about that. Like, yeah. I talk about, you know, getting older, where the positive, like, you know, you know, you have wisdom, you have things you can pass down, and, you, and but then people die, of course, you've got to deal with that. And uh, sex, getting older and stuff like that. And then also about, you know, things like going to the dermatologist. That's yeah. when I feel, that's when I really feel, I feel really, I'm, ne- I'm nearly 59, so my next big birthday is 60. I, I'm getting on there. But I still feel like I can do everything I used to be able to do. Yeah. And But when I go to the dermatologist, I feel... That's because there's just things that ha- gravity stuff happens. We have a filter. We have a <laughs> we don't have a filter on the show, but we have a filter at home, right? An actual filter for water. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. And and uh, something stopped working the other day, and then we did we didn't know what was wrong with it. So we had no idea what was wrong with it. It's like, what is wrong with this? There's nothing to go wrong here. And so then we got this very clever man out. Uh, actually, two two very clever men from Brass Monkey, and they came and visited us. They said it'll be the filter, and we said. Well, what could possibly be in the filter? It's, Chris, it's your skin. It's your dead skin. Oh. Because <laughs> the God, older you get, the more that. of it falls off. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And, and they said, they, they looked at the amount of skin in there. You can't, it doesn't look like skin, but that's what it is. Skin in right. your water filter. Yeah. And they said, um, oh. they, they said, uh, judging from this, don't say it this the wrong way, but you need to, you need to put a standing order in for a new filter every 28 days. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> <laughs> that's got the zombie association yeah. as well. What I love about the way you described it, th- this show straight off the bat is, you know, it's about getting older. It's not about getting old. People no. really annoy me when they say that. Me oh, I, I'm getting, I'm old. It's like, oh, I'm too you know, old. But there's always somebody older, and you're annoying them. And also, every, we're Stop. all doing it. Yes. This is a thing that's happened. I just, I'm one of the things I talk about is why is it that we have made something that is inexorable in our lives that we're all doing? Why have we made it into the worst possible thing that can happen to us? It's, 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 it's a huge excuse. negative. It's, I don't, is it an excuse? No, I think that's why people do it as an excuse to oh, say it. To, yes, to not to, have to deal not with have it. to try or you know deal with things or and be also, responsible. for Four things, right? Because also you can. Th- that's also the other thing is what age? What is age appropriateness? You know, mm. I mean, acting your age to me seems you're allowing other people, society, the Daily Mail, I don't know, to just to dictate to you <laughs> what the rules are for getting older, what you should wear, what you, how you should act, you know, all that stuff. I think it's really fascinating, and I've realised that not acting your age, and this is the sort of the message of the show, is that you're actually not you're ignoring all those voices, and you're st- sort of staying true to yourself and being open to the possibility of things and yeah. being curious. Just be curious. Well, I mean, you've hit the bullseye with this show. Our demographic is is our age. I'm 57, nearly 58. You're 58, nearly 59, and we're yeah. both approaching 60. And that's I think that's hilarious. I can't. I, I, I can't, can't believe even say it. it without laughing. I can't believe it because I'm like that doesn't make any sense to me. No, zero. You know, I I feel about. I keep, I'm now feeling younger by the year because I'm looking after myself more. Right. You know, and you and I, we, you know, we, we've, we've, we've had a. Been we, the block we didn't leave times. anything on the pitch, did we, thus far? <laughs> no. There's, there's nothing on the pitch thus far that's ours. Yes. <laughs> yeah, other people may have left stuff there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, not us. I, I feel like about... <laughs> I sort of... Because I'm thinking about this a lot because I've been doing all these interviews. I feel... It's not that I feel I am 33, but I feel like my life hasn't really changed since yeah. I was 32. Like, I feel I sort of have the same outlook and I do the same things, mostly. Yeah, I have more clarity than even then. Right, yes, so I have more clarity, I yes. have the energy that I had then, now back, because yeah. I'm looking after myself a lot more, but I have more clarity than I had then because I was drunk most of the time, if I'm being really honest. Right. And also I was full of, you know, the biochemistry of, of the verve of that particular part yeah. of my life. yeah. But I think there's a thing about when you feel, you know, when you sort of feel, actually someone the other day, one of these interview people said, what would you say to someone's about to turn 30? And I said, gosh, well, you know, grasshopper, you know, all that. I, I said... What you need to realise is that this is it. If there's anything wrong in your life now, you've got to fix it. Because, you know, in your 20s, you're sort of like, oh, blah, 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 you know, things will change. But there's that thing when you've got to take responsibility and yeah. make changes. And if you want to be happier, you've got to do something about it. It's not a rehearsal. This is it. And but that's what I find from when I, from that age. I agree. And Vass and I were talking about it earlier mm. on, weren't we? To get to make your life 1% better, you know, they say you can be 1% better today mm. um, than you were yesterday and 1% better tomorrow. Well, it's just not that easy. But... One percent of one percent better is more realistic. It's probably one percent of one percent of one percent better every day. Yeah. It's so difficult, but the one percent is like gold. Yes, do you know what I mean? It's like yes, little my changes. God, if this is what if this is how one percent better feels, what's like ten percent? I might yeah. not be able to cope with ten percent, <laughs> and it looks like if I carry on doing this, I might get to fifty, sixty, seventy percent. And just talking about it, it just makes me feel. So excited, yeah. Yeah, ambitious, inspired, energetic, um, happy. I want to be better. Yeah. And also the realisation that you can do it. It's you. 
yeah. does it. So that's what I think is, I think as you get older, you realise it's not like this thing with not acting your age. It's not the external forces in your life. It has to come from you. Yeah, it's the opposite of the grumpy old man syndrome. It's the, it's the absolute polar opposite of that. Yeah, because that's the blaming everybody else. Yeah, and also I know. just, you know, um, more excuses not to be any good anymore. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And we should be better. Absolutely. Or just or at least just good and, and being sort of trying. Yes, absolutely trying. 100% trying. Yeah. Here's the bit that nobody tells you. <laughs> I think what? It, as you get older you think okay I'm going to be more experienced I'm going to maybe I'll even get some wisdom who knows and you think it's all going to be alright it's really not because the longer you've been here um, or the longer you're here it's like Seinfeld you know he says he only spends an hour on stage because the longer he's there the more chance the audience have of winning and eventually if he stays there long enough they will win Right. and life is like that yes, you know, yes. So, so as you get older uh, to our age now you, it doesn't get any easier. You just get more used to it. You get better at it. Yeah, you get better. You could sort of get better at managing it. Yeah. I, sort, I think it's sort of like trauma as well. If you've had trauma in your life, like I've, I wrote this book and, and I, I wrote another one kind of to sort of counter the reaction to the first one because everyone's like, oh, you've had all this trauma, Alan. Oh, but it's all better now. That was what the American sort of tying it up with a neat bow was and I sort of said actually it is better but it's not gone away you just manage trauma you know everyone has trauma and you yeah. just get better at dealing with it and then you just move on with your life and you well but it's we, never completely gone you surrender to it yeah you relax and you release mm-hmm. you know you let it sit and you let it go but you have to let it sit in yes. order to let it go yes and it has made you who you are so you have to acknowledge it's a part of you Oh, without question, without question. You know, I mean, you know, you make wrong decisions. I made, I've made loads of wrong decisions yesterday, day before, year before, decade before that, tomorrow, the next decade. And if you don't make mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. Right. But all the mistakes, all the, the what was wrong in the past gets you to exactly where you are now. And if you're happy in that place, then you have to um, not regret anything. Yeah, well, we have twins, Walt and Boo, who are five years old, you know, and any mistake that I made before them would have meant on the day that they were Tash conceived, they, a different sperms would have gone to different places. We may not have had twins at all. Yeah. So all my mistakes led to the birth of our beautiful Abs- twins. Yeah. And that is a fact. Yeah. That is an absolute, one, not 99.9%, 100%. Fact. Absolutely. And I'm totally with you on that. Everything comes to the place that it should be. And if it doesn't, then you've, got to, you've, you've done something in the past to alter that or you've got to change it in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet the show's amazing. I'm glad it's not a moaning show, not a whinging show. No, it's a, it's a it's very a- positive show. And it's funny. I mean, I talk about people who've died. Even when I talk about death, I talk about the messages and the sort of spirit that people have left behind that you can sort of take in and keep them in the world. And then about how, and I talk about, there's one thing I, I, and I talk about three people who sort of made and left a message with me. One was my dog, one was Sean Connery and one was Mrs. Brady from the Brady Bunch. What a great combo. So, yes. And I tell this story about how when I met her, well, I didn't meet her, but I did this thing with her a few years ago before she died, obviously. And um, she, we got drunk and we, and because uh, she'd smuggled vodka because they didn't have hard liquor at this party. And the party was Carol Channing's 95th birthday celebration. Wow. <laughs> and she just, smuggled... just, just hang on. Let's just, let's just, let's just yeah, let that sit, nuts. settle for a while. <clears throat> and, she, and she smuggled a bottle of vodka into the party because she was worried they might not have vodka at the party. Isn't that great? Yeah. And then so we were... Anyway, at the end of the night, I sort of like, gave her a kiss and I touched her tummy and, and we were going to see each other soon. And I sort of touched her. I was like, oh, wow, Florence, you've got abs of steel. And she went, yes, punch me. I was like, what? 
And as, as she goes, punch me in the stomach. Find how uh, firm my abs are. I was like, I don't feel comfortable punching you, Florence. And she goes, punch me. And now people are starting to look round. Like Mrs. Brady is asking Alan Cumming to punch her in the stomach. It was just, and so I did give her a little bop. And it was like touching concrete. Was it? Absolutely. Did Brilliant. she give you any tips on, on? Well, then I said, I said, God, look, at that's amazing, Florence. She went, yeah, that's what vodka does for you. Yeah. She's like a, she's such a, and then I told this, well, she died soon afterwards. Nothing to do with the, Punch in the stomach, but I, I told this story. <laughs> we hope. I, I know because it's like I, Houdini. I told yes, but I told this story at her um, uh, memorial service. Her family, you know, she told them the story too, and so then they asked me to. T- so I, I went to someone's funeral and told the story about punching them in the stomach. <laughs> That's funny, man. And so there's songs as well. Yeah, I sing. I've got a band. Original songs. One original song I wrote about plastic surgery. Oh, tell us about that. Well, it's sort of a love song, but it's about asking someone to stop. Right, doing, and it's called "I Want to See You," yeah, yeah. and it's about you know there's lines like um, uh, wrinkles. I mean, you're running this great human race. Don't let a stranger take a knife to your face, and just like it's all just about can we stop and just be? And the th- thing in the show I talk about is that we worship at the altar of youth as a culture, but we've got to change that and realize that you know it, it's it's beautiful getting older too. That you know we have got to see beauty and not just youth. And I think as we're all just told we've got to do all these things to our face and do, you know, do, wear these clothes and do all this. It's exhausting. And all it means is we're not appreciating anything older. Like my role model for how I want to look is Samuel Beckett. Yeah. This full of wrinkles and gorgeous. Absolutely. Well, you, you know, you got love, you have a smiling face. You have a smiley face. <laughs> yeah, look at that. What's that? I remember in Coronation Street years ago, someone said, these aren't wrinkles, they're, they're uh, laughter, uh, lines. laughter lines. And someone said, nothing's that funny. <laughs> yeah, I think it was David Bowie to Mick Jagger. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, it wasn't yeah. Coronation Street. Yeah, I think Coronation Street nicked it. I think actually that's oh, what happened. I see. Um, yeah, it can't, can't have been the other way around, I don't think. Um, <clears throat> but it's funny, isn't it? Because we were talking yesterday off the air and I meant to slip the conversation on the air, but, you know, so, uh, we didn't have time, to be honest. Um, we were talking about when people lie about their age. Yes. And, you know, usually they say they're younger than they are. Now, if you think of it, that's, so, that's such an idiotic thought. There's no logic to that whatsoever. <clears throat> because if you say that you're younger than you are with words... Right. Well, you're, you know, a face speaks a thousand words. Yes. A picture says that speaks a thousand words. If you lie about your age, say you're older, then you look younger. That's right. But nobody does that. Nobody does that. No. That's, that's, that's the clever part. Because wow, you look great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm 104. You look about yeah. <laughs> 70. Oh, but no, it's a, you know, the thing, thing is, I used to say when people would say, uh, you know, how old are you? I go, 75. Yeah. And they and they'd go, what? And yeah. I go, no. And then now, of course, they go, mm-hmm, oh, really? Oh, they don't really, it's not such a stretch. It's like years ago when people would say, what, you know, what play do you want to do? What's the next big yeah, yeah. role you want to do? And I, could, I thought, oh, what a boring question. And I have no idea. So I'd always say, oh, King Lear, because I thought it's so far away yeah. that I won't have to talk about it very well. But now it's not that. I could play King Lear right now, actually, I suppose. And I, I don't want to, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that's really funny how the goalposts shift as you get older, you know, those sorts of things. And it's the same with plastic surgery, because I used to live in LA. I know you spent a lot of time mm. there. Um, when you first land there, I remember seeing Nancy Reagan sneak out of the... Not sneak, but I mean, cause she had to sneak everywhere because <clears> the Secret Service was there. So um, yeah. this is, you know, uh, way, way after her husband... He was no longer alive, but way after her husband was president, but she was still, you know, uh, the, the yeah. first lady because you're always Mr. President and First Lady or whatever. And so she, it was on Sunset Boulevard just behind the coffee bean and she'd been to see... At, there was a plastic surgeon there. Whether look, she she was coming out of the door of the plastic surgery. Right. So, so let's see. I, I presume she wasn't the receptionist. <clears throat> Fair chance. You know. Yeah. 
And um, and the first I lived there for the first few weeks. I thought, God, lots of people do have plastic surgery. Like the pool man had plastic surgery. You can tell because of the nips and the scars behind the ears and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But talk about boiling the frog. I'd, after living there for about a year, or being there for about a year, I wasn't there, didn't live there for a year, I thought I, it became much more normal to me. And you do normalise it. And that's this the whole it. thing about if you do want to change your behaviour, they always say that the biggest external thing you can do to change your behaviour is is change your environment because it has such an effect on totally. you. Totally. And now it's not just like Hollywood that does it. I mean, everybody does it. They have like, you know, you see it in the high street, Botox. And people have Botox parties where you yeah. go and have drinks and get shot up. The other day, I was doing an interview <laughs> and I, I have to say this thing that I'm going to be the last person ever on American television not to have had Botox. Like, I've, everyone has it. And even the crew on, on films. And then I said that and this journalist, this young journalist sort of looked at me and went, gosh, Alan, you know, I hope you take this the right way, but you look like you have had Botox. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, I think. Yeah. Isn't that weird? No, it is interesting. Uh, there was a newspaper photograph printed of me at a party from a few years ago, not not a long, long time ago, about five or six years ago. And they were suggesting in the, the words, they didn't say it, but they suggested that I had, had Botox. I am the least Botox, but I do have a very smooth forehead. Yeah. Um, I've always saunered. Uh, you know, I try and look after myself a lot more now. I've always been hydrated. But it's so funny that that was, that was the whole point of the piece. It's like... Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. It's fine. I don't. I don't mind. I thought it was Slow funny. Used it. Yeah. And again, I was flattered. <laughs> yes. I thought, don't need it. Uh, may have had it. Don't need it. <laughs> Do you know that there's a funny thing about Sophia Loren that she? I always think of when I think of her because there's two things. She she said this thing that whenever you sit down or yeah. s- get out of a seat, you must never do that. You go, ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you must never do that. You must to keep it you inside because that then, shows that yeah. you're that shows your age, right? Yeah. And the other thing was that she said for years that she'd never had plastic surgery, and then she had a heart attack in her plastic surgeon's uh, waiting room. No, <laughs> she arrived. Did she? Oh, this was a long time ago. Oh, she's she, still she, she's, she's still with us. But it was a. But I just thought you can't get away with that. Do you know what I mean? You think I'd had a heart attack. Well, I just happened to be dropping by. Yeah, and it's like uh, Zach Goldsmith, who ran for mayor, didn't he? And one of his big things was the 20 mile per hour speed limit, which he mm, wanted to introduce. Yeah. And last year he got done for speeding four times in one year, twice in 20 mile an hour. Oh, <laughs> brutal. I used to see him at pickup at uh, nursery. Yeah, speeding by. Um, <laughs> Alan, it's great. I love the sound of the show, man. I love the sound it's of really the fun. show. I really like it. Yeah. And it's uh, you, know, you love- laugh, you cry. I also love you. Oh, bless you. I don't know you very, you very well, much. but, I, but I've, you're, you're really interesting. You have something else going on. Uh, you speak from well below the neck. So from where, <laughs> you know, you, you, people listen to where things come from within them. Do you know what right. I mean? Yes. So if you're saying it from your very being, they hear it way deeper than there absolutely. is. You connect with people more when you're you, authentic. Yeah. You feel it, like can't you? You yes, feel it here? Absolutely. No? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So you have had... Um, Lots of success. I'm sure you're very grateful for all the success you've had. You've been very fortunate. Yes. You're very good at your job as well. And you've put in the heavy lifting and the hard yards and the long hours. In America, they really took to you in America, didn't they? Yes. And they still do. They still they love you in America. What do you think What do you think is the key? Um, and not a sort of a strategic key, because I know you're not like that. But what is it, what is it about Brits... Um, be they Scottish, Irish or, or English or Welsh, making it in America. What is it that the American audience take to in some Brits that they don't in others? I think it's just that thing we were just talking about, the authenticity. That, you know, you, they are very Anglophile. They love... They do. The, the, they, love the, they love the English sort of thing, especially. But they love sort of, you know, the old country, basically. And, and it's an interesting thing. They're such a new country that they always say, you know, I'm an Irish-American, I'm an Italian-American. They always prefix the country of where their sort of origins are yes, from. Yes. So there's that. But also, I think, and, and they're a sucker for an accent, 
But they, I think it's also something that when, if you are different to them, then actually if you are someone who's comfortable with your difference and embrace your difference and don't try to sort of become them because I think a lot of people go to America and they kind of try and become in that sort of they, they change you know they kind of smooth off the edges of yes. who they are and try to do that sort of generic American sort of movie star thing yeah mid-Atlantic the mid-Atlantic thing which is oh so repulsive <laughs> it's just I can't and when people start the first thing people start to do is go they start talking and blah 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 and the and the A sound starts to become and yeah like you're saying end of the line or they double D the double T's what does that mean? So from letter they go letter. Oh, I hate that. Oh, better. Oh, I hate that. And, and, and or start saying the producer. Yeah. And the, the you know the the ooh sounds of the you. Uh, yes. Anyway, so that gives me the dry book because we're saying it's Scotland. so funny you say all this because when I was watching your TV show, which I know you're not really on to talk about, but I do want to talk about uh, this brilliant program you have on Saturday, Alan Cummings Paradise Homes. Uh, starting on Monday the 12th of Feb. We got to see it yesterday. It's on HGTV 8pm and available on, to stream on Discovery+. Plus. It's really, really good. One of the things I was... No, really, really good. It's really, really good. We loved it, didn't we, Max? Absolutely. We were talking about it before. Fantastic. Uh, thanks, um, it's fantastic. It's really... It's so good. It's so good. It is a... It's like the love child of Grand Designs... MTV Cribs, <laughs> Architectural Digest, and there's one other which I've forgotten now, but it doesn't matter. It's, anyway, spice <laughs> to good, say, we loved it. It's a good but combo. One of the things that really surprised me was your accent. Oh. Uh, because I'd just forgotten what you sound like. Right. Because, yes, it's interesting doing more hosty things. Yeah. Because people get to, you know, uh, I mean, when you're on talk shows and things, people sort of forget because you're there promoting something. And usually, mostly, always, I'm the thing I'm promoting is not, doesn't sound like this. Yes. So they kind of, even though you're talking like this, promoting it, they sort of forget. And so it's actually interesting. I'm doing more things now, like that show and the, 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 the I do the American Traitors. And so people are sort of, even I've lived in America for like 25 years and people on the street go, I just realised you're Scottish. You're like, well, <laughs> yeah. where have you been? But it is so interesting. You do. Agree. I mean, you do. You must have have, um, have walked the whole length of the counter of American accents. Yeah, I've done a few crazy ones. G- give us, give us. Where have you been? No, you don't have to give us the accent. By the way, I'd love you to. But where about <laughs> but, geographically? Where have you been in roles? Um, well, you know, the sort of general. Like when I was in The Good Wife for years, that was sort of it was set in Chicago. But I just, I just did my sort of generic American accent, and everyone's saying, "Oh, you do a great Chicago accent." I said, "Do I?" And then I did, uh, I've done a lot of southerny things and uh, I, I'm sort of more, you know, New York-y. But uh, I, the craziest one I did is I did a film uh, years ago in Minnesota, in rural Minnesota. And I had, and I played a, a 1920s Minnesotan farmer with, you know, Alex Kingston, lovely Alex Kingston. I don't, to be honest. Oh, like, she was my wife and we had t- like 10 children. <laughs> and uh, I had to do this mini- Minnesotan accent, it was insane. So what's it like? What's, how's it differ? It was, well, oh, you know, sort of, sort of talk like this. Oh, I've got a... It's I, nearly I, Canadian then. It's, yes, and I just did it. Oh, that, I just did a film in Canada la, th- this year. What about uh, you know? Last year. What? What about you know? Yes, what about... <laughs> hey? What are you talking about? You know, it's all like that, yeah. that weird O sound. And it was in rural kind of New Brunswick, it was from. So it's kind of just north of Minnesota, actually. So that was hilarious. And it was me and this other, uh, this English actor called Charlie Creed Miles. We were brothers in it. And the pair of us were like, accents up the wazoo. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> really hilarious. You've got to get it right. You've got. And we had little tapes. You know, and coaches, and accent coaches. And an accent coach. And oh, wow. So I mean, the good thing about when you do a film, that when you start filming, usually it doesn't change. The script's not going to change. So you're not, you can really practice 
and get the sounds for that thing. So uh, it, it wasn't, but you know, you just, you're chatting away, then you kind of, and then they say, when you go to do the looping, months, months later, they go, this scene, we kind of feel you've uh, dropped the accent a bit. And you go, really? And then you hear it and think, oh my God, I sound yeah, like I'm on loose, a bus in Glasgow. It was terrible. So funny. So Matthew McConaughey, when he was he was on the show uh, last year, or year before, I can't remember, uh, talking about Green Lights' book, which is awesome. Yes. Um, you read that book? No, but you I've heard very, very good things about it. Yeah. Book. And he was saying that uh, for accents, all you have not all you have to do, he said, but one of the key things to do for him with accents is is imagine where you are. And I said, what does that mean? He said, well, what it means is, that, you know, if you're in Texas, it's hot and it's sweaty. So you're probably going to be relaxed and you're going to be dry throated. Oh that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, I never thought about it, that sort of environmental accent. Yeah, of course, because it yeah. must have some effect on you, mustn't it? Yeah. I mean, lots of accents have, are, you know, are that way for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Of all those things. That's really interesting. How did it happen? I wonder how it happened. Well, the, you know, the Minnesota one happened because it's, it's so many Scandinavian people went to live there. Right. And that's, so it's a really, that's the Scandinavian influence that makes them sound so nuts. Yeah. And, and, and actually that film I did, it was called Sweetland and it's about, uh, they used to have mail order brides come over from, right. from Scandinavia for, to marry all the farmers. And that's what this film was about. No way. Yeah, because this bride came, but actually it was just after the First World War. And so she'd been German and she'd kind of escaped and gone to Scandinavia. So when she came over, she was actually German. Of course, they were all freaking out about the Germans after the First World War. So has this film been out? Yeah, years ago. It's called Sweetland. It's a beautiful film. Oh, my goodness. Directed by my friend Ali Salim. Have you seen Saltburn? We just ask everybody this question. I have, yes. yes. (laughs) Have you seen it once or twice or three times? (laughs) <laughs> Just the ones. Uh, we're yes. going to watch it again this weekend. Are you Every, at- everybody is still talking about Saltburn. It's a lot to take in. Is it a 10? Uh, no, it's not a 10 what, for me. What do you think it is? It's a, it was a healthy seven and a half. Seven and a half. You're not, I, you're not really I, allowed a seven, just so you know. Oh, you're not? Not on this show. Oh, well, I'll give it an eight. Okay. But I didn't... Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I thought it was incredibly entertaining. Right. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. But, but. I came away from it uh, sort of... I mean, it's sort of aristocracy porn right in the way that I think Downton Abbey and that sort of stuff is right. sort of aristocracy porn and I sort of I, I feel uneasy about it and the, other, and the thing I the, the one thing I really didn't like about it yeah. was that the o- overall message is that oh these poor old rich people yeah. being taken to the cleaners by a working class horrible person right that didn't sit well with me that no it's funny that message. you read, well he wasn't working class he was middle class wasn't he in the end well yes that's true yeah. but someone who wasn't of their tribe yeah and I just think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done with things about aristocrats being sort of you know, pooped on. I think I liked it a lot. I think I like. I really thought it was great and entertaining. I yeah. loved it though. Don't no, get I me thought wrong, it was quite punk my... as well in its own way. Whereas Absolutely. it's because it didn't care. No, I know. It was loved... fearless actually because it did care, but it was just fearless. Yeah, and it's dared to do crazy things like yeah. slurping up the bathwater and shagging. And other things it. that we can't really talk about yes, on Breakfast Radio. I didn't, you noticed I just said the bathwater, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jane, relax, take a breath, it's going to be fine. She only got her UK citizenship this week, so she's quite worried. You're not on parole, you're in, Jane, you're in. It's all right, it's going to be fine. So listen, you so you have your theatre show. We're talking about, to Alan Cumming, about Alan Cumming, which is his favourite subject, I would imagine, or my favourite subject about him. Alan Cumming is not acting his age. It's a theatre show. We're not finishing the chat. I'm just mentioning it again now in case you've just tuned in. Alan Cumming is is not acting his age. Third show. It continues uh, Monday 15th of Janet, London's Theatre Royal Drury Lane. And the 16th. Monday yeah, and the Tuesday. 16th. And there's a couple of other dates as well. Then I do Manchester on Thursday and Glasgow Armadillo on the right, next so, Saturday. Okay, I'm glad you said that. 
These are no small things. I know you've done it. Um, you've written it. Uh, it's amazing. You sing. Uh, you tell stories. It's brilliant. It's very positive. It's lovely. And it's exactly what the world needs. It's one of the things that the world needs. I'm not going to say at the moment because people say that all the time. Oh, it's what the world needs now at the moment. No, the world needs this stuff all the time and also has done. Um, but you're busy, man. And yes. so this is no small undertaking. And, you know, I, I can't imagine the phone has stopped ringing you know, or will stop ringing anytime soon to Alan Cummings' agent. Why would you do such a thing like this? Because it is a big deal, isn't it? Yes. And like I, I, not many people I know do stuff. Like, I mean, I don't know. I've always sort of made a lot of my own work. Yes. You know, and I think even from when I was at drama school, I, the first, you know, when I, my friend Forbes Masson and I did a, a double act called Victor and Barry. And What's then his name again? Forbes Masson. Forbes He's an, Masson. It's great, great Scottish name. name. He's a great actor and wow. a brilliant writer. And we did this sitcom in the 90s called The High Life about flight attendants. And that was kind of um, a version of this double act we'd done before, at drama, a sort of a skit at drama school. And then it became this big, huge thing. And so we've, like, that's an example that I've always kind of made a lot of written and done a lot of work. And the, the sort of way of performance of like being a live performance where you're connecting with an audience but you're talking about yourself. You're not a character. Yes. It's something that I've kind of got more comfortable with as I've got older yes. because you sort of dare to be... I, I sing in my own voice as well. I sing with my Scottish accent. And I've, I've kind of just, over the last 10, 15 years, got much better at being comfortable with my authentic self yeah. and I think that's what uh, I really enjoy about that and it's great to have a connection in that way and to you know have a theatre fix without having to do eight shows a week yeah I get it and it's a nice and I can do it in little spurts here and there and, and it's also fun musicians are great and I love working with a band and I sort of you know I, I sort of in one kind of wanted to be a dancer and I sort of last year I did a dance piece at age 57 Oh, and the year before last, I suppose. And I've always kind of wanted, secretly felt like I wanted to be a musician. And I'm, I'm not really, but I get to sing with a band and, you know, do things like, yeah, yeah. can we take it from bar 18? All that stuff. And if there's a band behind you, you're sitting on the shoulders of magic, aren't you? Oh, they're just, I love musicians. The way that they can just kind of, you know, we as actors take weeks to be able to just say some words. Yep. They, in an hour, can be at literally concert, concert pitch. It's, it's, it's so impressive. Um, so, so how busy are you otherwise? <laughs> it's really nuts. I just, it's funny, I just, I, I've just got back the other day from India. I went to, I took a trip on my own to India and just had this really incredible experience. I do, I realise that's what I do. I do get away, absolute get away, have a really, I love travelling and I love travelling on my own actually because so much of my life is oh, always just, better. everyone's around you and yeah. you know, and so then I come back and it's hardcore uh, you know, morning till night, and I'm I go back, I do this tour, and then I go back to America on the twenty second, immediately go and do someone else, and and then now of course because the actor strikes finished and sort of productions are starting oh up God. again, so there's all yeah, it's a bit nuts right now, but okay. I but you know, and also I but I'm very I've got better as well about saying I'm taking this time off, I'm taking this month off, I'm going to do that. I mean, you're clearly very happy. I can tell that. Yes. And you're very content and you still have a mission and a purpose on a daily basis. And it's brilliant. So well done. Congratulations. Thanks, Thank you. Has your career, even though you are extremely happy, has it gone how you thought it would? <laughs> um, no, uh, not at all. I mean, I, 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 I guess like when I was a wee, when I, wee actor, when I was at drama school and things like that, I... I 
like the idea of America. Like I live in America. I'm, you know, and it says I see on the things it goes Hollywood star Alan Cumming. I think what? But it's kind of true. And uh, <laughs> I <laughs> no, it is true. I know. Take the kind of out. Yes, yes, it's true. And, Alan. and I, that to me is cool. so. I never America. The idea. I never went. I never even visited America until I was thirty. Yeah. And I never, it w- I thought when I was, you know, out, out of drama school, I thought, oh, maybe one day I'll move to London and be an, live in London, mm-hmm. be an actor in London. That was like what I thought might happen. And then all of a sudden, and I did do that, but uh, all of a sudden it just happened. And I suddenly I'm in... How did it just happen? Remind me. In of America. Yeah. Well, what happened was I started to do films in, here. And then I did this film in Ireland, actually, called Circle of Friends yeah. uh, with Minnie Driver and Chris O'Donnell and Colin Firth and people and then that was really popular in America and that was the first time I'd ever been in a film in America and so I went to the to press for that and then I started to get off it and then I then I um did some other I did the James Bond film but I did a lot of films all in a lump and so I kind of was an onslaught of me in America and so then I started to go for so I went I mean I'm kind of annoying because the first thing I did in America was to play the lead in a Hollywood film in, yeah. in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. And then I went, and then Cabaret that I'd done in London at the Donmar, then it transferred to Broadway. So the first job I had in New York was starring in a Broadway musical. So that was that whole sort of double whammy is what happened. And you're a bit naughty as well. So you're, so you're, so you're interesting. Cause you, only have to be, you only have to be a bit naughty to be really interesting. And right. if you're very naughty, you can be very interesting, but you can be too naughty for your own good. Right. Yes, that's So true. there's a bit of a game to be played there. I, 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 I used to say I was the uh, what the accept, acceptable face of deviance in America. Yes. <laughs> because I could, you know... <laughs> Get away with it. Look at that <laughs> yes. smile. And also, like, you know, years ago, yeah. I used to, you know, there was very few, like in the early 2000s, there were very few kind of, out sort of uh, famous people in America. And I would, so I would go on, you know, The Tonight Show and ha ha ha, talk about things, but also talk about, you know, gay rights and uh, marriage equality and things like that. So I had that access to people yeah. because I wasn't scary. Yeah. I could I could say things that I wanted to say, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't scare people. I wasn't like a scary sort of you know. And you had something weirdo. to say, and you bothered to say it. Yeah, it was important to me to say it. I mean, I've always I I, I people sort of think I think when you're famous and you sort of have a you, you, you have a platform, but you have a cause. Yeah. That in some way this is something you've just done because you're famous. It's sort of like a, one of the accoutrements of you know you have a stylist. Well, sometimes and a, it is, of course. Sometimes it is. Yeah. But for me, I've always felt like you know I've always I. I always say this thing that when I was at drama school, I was collecting for the miners. Remember when the miners were on yeah, strike and Thatcher was, of course. And I was on Byers Road and outside the tube station collecting things, and a lady spat on me. And I, I, that was a really, and I was a drama student just, you know, volunteering at the weekend. And that to me was a really t- um, big sort of moment yeah. in terms of like, that was my. My activism, I suppose, was uh, gelled there because I thought, yeah. what the hell? What's I'm just trying about? to help people who are not... Yeah. Why are you so annoyed at me trying to do something yeah. that I think is probably nice? Yeah, nice thing to do. Uh, it was what's, so, that, so, what's the, the anger there? The, uh, yeah, Ooh. what's your problem? Yes, I know. And that's the thing I actually find really... With, with all with anything that I f- have a sort of beef about, I actually think, why are you so angry about this? Why why don't you... What is the, And it's mostly, like, w- what is the problem you have with other people having rights or it's just projection isn't it yeah or just having comfort and just being happy what is the problem with that how does that you know the cake thing me getting rights me getting it doesn't mean that you get any less cake yeah yeah no 100% Al 100% um, people are the, stupid the the, uh, <laughs> the TV show that, we, that we're not really talking about which is out in February which is fantastic it's Alan Cummings Paradise Homes <laughs> just quickly we've 
Talk way over. But I love talking to you. I love making I'm making the most of you here. I've got something else to tell you in a, in a minute before we go off the air. Uh, which is all good, by the way. Good. Um, <laughs> I think it's good anyway. I don't know. Uh, but uh, this show, where did this show come from? Alan Cummings Paradise Homes. They just asked me, and it was so funny. I. <laughs> I uh, I sort of initially it was supposed to be about islands, right? And people who built homes on islands, and then they, they realised they couldn't get enough islands, and so, they, so I was like, oh really? And so I, but it's all people who have built their dream homes, yes. right? And uh, and I go and meet them, and of course it's so lovely because they want to show off their homes. I wouldn't let people into my uh, film crew into my house, but uh, they're really they love it, and and I talk to the architects, and I talk to, and I really have, I do actually have a real interest in architecture and you can tell of, you yeah, can tell the way yeah. you talk about it and then and then I sort of you know but then I go and sort of look through their cupboards and things like that and yeah. that was the fun part to me I just basically go to people's you're an intellectual homes. nosy parker that's <laughs> what you really, are really <laughs> I really am and I just love kind of I mean I love just being just chatting I'm you know I love chatting and I love kind of being a bit cheeky with people and seeing how they deal with it and uh, and it's great when you do a show like that when you know, you have. There's always a camera on you, so just a little, a little look or a little eyebrow. Yeah, that's right. You're really volumes. good at it. Oh, thanks so much. No, I'm really, really glad you liked it. Well, there's this new thing about super TV because we. I think we live in an age of. There was the golden age of TV. This is this is the platinum age. This is the saffron age of TV. It's amazing, <laughs> you know. And what they've done, the Netflixes and the Apple TV Pluses and the Paramount Pluses and the HG TV uh, Pluses of the world, is they've got they've 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 asked amazing actors to to play the role of being a super TV presenter. So uh-huh. so you're not a TV presenter, you're an actor playing a TV yes. presenter really yes. well. And it's like good luck everybody out there who thought this is, you know, how you do it is how you do it. No, how you, Alan Cummings does it is how you do it. Do you know that's it, it, it's interesting because the traitors the thing that is out you know the Claudia Massive Claudia show. does it and I do Huge the American show. version. I don't I host it but I actually play a I feel like I'm Pushed acting. It. I play a character in it. Yeah. And so it's the, it's even more heightened than the Paradise Homes one. I'm like I sort of welcome to my castle. It's not my castle. <laughs> I don't live in a castle. <laughs> that's just you doing that. It's like yes, give him the job. Lock the doors. Don't let, don't let him leave the building. Yeah, put his agent in a box yes. because he can basically name his price on this one. Oh my gosh. But I love that show it's it's sort of it's so hilarious and compulsive and uh i'm actually going to watch the claudia version because i've just got you know as i just go back you've seen the billboards for it no oh yes the big hoods that's great i know yeah it's so what what i think is hilarious is it's such a camp show like people going around in cloaks and things and you know you're banished and all that stuff yeah and what is hilarious though is that the american version i think the only time an american version of a show is camper and more theatrical than the British version. Love I think that's me. Yeah, yeah I think you may have something to do with that. Because my capes. I got to tell you, I mean, I know that Claudia. She's such a family woman, and she does. She seems to work a lot, but believe me, I know she really protects her family time. You know, she, you'll see her on telly, but she she will be as if efficient and as professional but as efficient with her time and as economical with her time and her energy as she possibly can be whilst mm. delivering 100% of what she needs to uh, because she loves her family so much if she didn't she'd be on American television America would love Claudia Winkleman because totally. she is the real deal she's so yeah. clever she's so funny she's so British and really, yes absolutely and also really authentic and sort of oh, compassionate you can tell that she's, she's very there's such a kindness she's the funniest she woman to. I've ever met <laughs> yeah, she's a, and to be that funny you have to be very very clever she's also the yeah, cleverest woman I've ever yeah. met I think one of the and also people. really self-knowing and I love how she talks about herself and, and all yeah, that stuff she she's, takes everything seriously but herself yeah yeah which is exactly well you don't take 
things that you should take seriously, but never take yourself seriously. Because no. also, you, you're you're worse when you're taking yourself because you become sclerotic. You become full of stasis. That's a good word. I love you know, it. You That's two good words. There's no fl- there's no flow. You lose all your flow, don't you? Yes. Um, when you become yeah, you angry block or whatever. You block yeah. your flow. Before you go, yeah, Alan, what's the thing? Yeah. It's not a big thing. It's like this. This is. I always think whenever I see you, I've watched, we watched James Bond over the Christmas, and you were in, obviously brilliant, by the way. Thank you. Um, but I always think the same thing when I hear your name, see you on anything. I always think this, and it'll mean nothing to you. Oh, <laughs> we're going nowhere with this, by the way. There's nothing to see or hear here. I went to a theatrical production of something, and I can't remember where, and I can't remember when. And I can't remember who, and I can't remember what. Good this story, is a great eh? story, yeah. How bad is this story? You might want to try this out of town. But the only reason I was going is because you were starring in it, right? Uh-oh. In the West End. And as I arrived at the theatre, there was um, a temporary note stuck on the door, at the, the front door of the theatre. And it said, um, due to the... Uh, oh, indisposition of Mr Cummings oh, the role no. of blah 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 will be played by blah 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 and I've heard of this thing so and so is indisposed yes. and in the, the theatre well that can mean many things can't exactly, it exactly yes and I just think oh it's that notice I thought this was like <laughs> something that were I didn't realise they did put these notices up and they did use the word indisposed Alan Cumming was indisposed <laughs> thinking, that should be my next and show I've always wanted to know I wonder what that was I, I wonder when that was a long, long time I'm ago I'm not fishing I'm just thinking I hope it was what I think it was. <laughs> Might, could it have been that? Might it have been that? There's a, a strong chance. But, um, you know, of course, as I'm a professional. Or, uh, I, yes. I wonder well, what I show saw, it was. I can't remember. I must you try were and... the star of it. I still went to it and I still think it was brilliant. I thought, I thought, God, it's good with whoever it was that filled in for you, but how good would it be with Alan? Anyway, uh, that's my story. That's hilarious. It's funny. I really it? like that Alan Cumming is indisposed. Yeah. It's be a good. Or what, maybe the next theatre show, Alan, Alan. Unfortunately, Alan Cumming is not indisposed, yeah, and he'll be on every here. night this week, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, coming of age, you must have thought of that. That one, yes. Coming to America, yeah, the coming, coming yes, to America, coming all over, yes. Uh, you are the best, Al. Thank you so you much. It's lovely to talk to you. It's great to see you, man. Um, Alan Cumming is not acting his age. Continues next Monday, the fifteenth of Jan. Also Tuesday. Tuesday at the Theatre Royal Julian and Monday and then Manchester and then Glasgow Alright, tickets available via aegpresents.co.uk Thank you, Alan Thank you The Graham Norton Radio Show How exciting is this? With Waitrose Over on Virgin Radio Up and Adam, come on, things to do Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely There's no stopping them, no stopping them the Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose, food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code Program.